How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Decoding Reality, a new podcast from the Decoding TV network, where on this podcast, we'll be covering the latest and greatest reality television shows. I am David Chen, and I'm here with At Joyo Napping. To kick off this inaugural episode of Decoding Reality, we're going to be covering Love is Blind Season 3, Episodes 1 through 4. Uh, you can find more episodes of this podcast at decodingreality.tv. Find the video versions of this show at youtube.com slash decodingtv. So, Joy. Thanks for joining me today to kick off the inaugural version of this podcast. I, I wouldn't miss it. And in fact, I uh, pestered you to record this. In fact, you're the reason why we're doing this for right days. Now. <laughs> I have so much I need to process. So we should say before we begin that, uh, you know, as of this recording, Love is Blind season three, one through episodes one through four have just aired or have, are like recently started streaming on Netflix. And we will be spoiling everything through Season three, episode four. So everything that happened in season one and two, we're going to be talking about all of it. So if you don't want to know spoilers for the show or for reality or for anything that's happened, then you should stop listening. But our By reality, you mean in real life? Like in real life. Because all these people keep living the show through their Instagram pages. Indeed. So let's get into it. Uh, before we, we get into it, is, is there a reason why you, you know, we, we don't watch that many TV shows together. Uh, but you find Love is Blind to be compelling after we watch season two and then we've watched the first few episodes of season three together. Like, um, There's something about the show that sparks interest in you. Am I right about that? So I've really been on a journey with this show. Season two came out in the pandemic, and I honestly am not sure I ever would have noticed the show among all the reality offerings there are if I had not been locked at home and it it is genuinely very addictive and has a somewhat compelling premise that you might theoretically fall in love with someone without ever having seen them and then commit to getting married four weeks after that um i think the um journey though that i went on from season two was i was extremely interested in it 
And gradually over time, my goodwill for these specific contestants really wore down to almost zero. And I did want to know what happened. And Netflix knew that because they kept making like reunion special and after the altar and, you know, extra updates. Plus, these people are on Instagram and updating us on their lives. At this point, I really I don't need to know what happens to any of them. Like they've all I wish them all Godspeed in their lives. Um, But I had heard that season three was filmed in Seattle. So I'm like, I'm giving it another shot. I need to know because there was something very Chicago about all the people in the season two, a place I used to live. I recognized some of the places they would go and just like the things they their kind of personalities. There's a very like, oh, I believe these people live in Chicago vibe to them. So I'm like, okay, I'm willing to give it another try because it's in Seattle. Um, Joke's on me. Uh huh. Because season three, in fact, does not play, take place in Seattle. It does not. It takes place, I believe, in Dallas, and uh, season, the the Seattle season is probably going to be season four of Love Is Blind. So they did film it, you know. So we'd seen these like news articles locally in yeah. recent months, and I thought, you know, reality's got a fast turnaround. I, I, I just yeah, they're they're filming it like months ago, so like, wow, it's already out. But no, it's actually season. And four. honestly, I kind of wanted to know: did we know anybody in the show, like directly yes. or indirectly? Yes. Very possible. So I got snookered. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, now we're four episodes in, and like I have all these things to say about it. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, so there's a couple of things about Love is Blind overall that I think are, are interesting, right? One is that uh, everyone keeps talking about it as though it's like this pure experiment of like, hey, can you fall in love with someone you've never seen before? Uh, I mean, that's all BS because... They never tell you what the circumstances of the pod speed dating stuff is. Like, that's never divulged to the audience. Like, how does it work? Do you see everyone every day? Are you allowed to opt out? Like, can you choose to spend more time with some people? Like, what are you allowed to bring to the pods? Like, none of that is ever communicated. So there's no rules that are provided. Um, so, like, you as the audience only have some vague sense that these are these people are falling in love without seeing each other. Okay. Um, but putting aside the hoity-toity nature of like how they talk about the show you know they're trying to elevate it above the other shows that some people might regard as more trashy than you know uh love is blind um but i will say that uh you know one of the things that's really interesting is you get to see people talk to each other they haven't seen each other they meet you get to see what their reaction to each other is and that's kind of like inherently interesting and there's drama there uh, and then they try to like integrate into each other's lives. And that is the most interesting part to me, you know, where they go from like, hey, we fell in love without seeing each other. Uh, and maybe there's a spark there. Maybe there isn't. But also we're going to try to see if we can make this work. And then, you know, they don't tell you in the first season, but by season two, it's very clear. They decide on the day of the wedding whether or not they're actually going to go it's through like with a, the marriage. What, like a 35-day experiment or yeah, a 40-day like, experiment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a few weeks. And... uh and of course, it's like no one would ever do it that way if it was up to them. Like, they wouldn't invite all their friends and family and then get, you know, stood up at the wedding. It doesn't make any sense. But in the show, uh, that's the construct. So uh, there, there's basically, like, I would say a handful of interesting ideas in the show. And also, I think the show has, in general, pretty good casting. Like, these are very, 
engaging, interesting characters that you will have strong feelings about one way or the other, uh, whether you like them or don't like them. I thought season two had a couple of noticeable villains. And so I don't know that season three has that vibe. And that actually has made me like season three a little bit more so far. Yeah. I mean, season two had some clear villains, but I would say season three had like season two at least had like several couples that I was rooting for. Oh, yeah. And season three has virtually I'm rooting for virtually no one in this batch. So there are um, fewer lows, but there are also fewer highs. Yeah. Well, can I just say, I think the high-mindedness of the concept is really undercut by the way that they, the, the conditions under which this show is filmed. So you can go and read about that. But in short, in the past, people on the show who were cast on it, they're doing it partly as a job. They get paid a nominal amount. Yeah. They have said that they have been deprived water, reasonable amounts of rest. And, you know, if you're rolling all day long, then obviously you're exhausted and those are work hours. I think, you know, maybe they didn't even quite make minimum wage when you took all of that into account. Um, And the whole thing just sounds like it's a little bit designed to break you so that you'll then have more emotional reactions for camera. I do feel like they try to carve out sort of love triangles because that's sort of inherently like a thing that'll keep people watching. And then the other thing I think is amazing is that actually, so in season two, seven couples got engaged, but only five got shown. Mm -hmm. And those other two couples, they don't go through the experiment at all. They don't get an apartment. They don't have a wedding that's prepaid. They get to like take their sweet time being engaged like regular, that is actually yeah. the more interesting experiment to right. me. Right. Is like it feels like more natural circumstances yeah. without yeah. this forced march to the altar where you bring your whole family and then you might be standing someone up. Yeah. Oh, my mother would be furious just at the waste of her time. So, yeah. And, you know, as we said, we're going to spoil everything through season three, episodes one through four in real life as well as on the show. At this point, as far as I understand, out of all the dozens and dozens of people that have been on the show in seasons one and two, out of all the engagements that have occurred, and out of all the marriages that have occurred, only two couples have survived. Only two couples have made it. Yeah. And no one from, from season, season two. two. No one, no couples from season two have survived. Um, so it kind of makes the whole thing into a sham, basically. Like, there, it's uh, <laughs> the, as an experiment, it has failed colossally. Uh, you know, to be like, hey, can, can you fall in love with someone uh, without seeing them for the first time? And it's now just I'm just showing up for the drama now as opposed to like there's anything inherently interesting because it's like clear- you know the odds are so stacked against them that it takes out all the suspense. Is that what you're saying? Well, I think it's more like what you said that the structure of the rest of the experiment putting the love is blind part is just one tiny part of the entire experiment. There's like the honeymoon away from people and then hanging out with the exes and then meeting the families and, you know, going to each other's apartments and seeing how each other, like all this stuff that's part of the structure of the show. Like the love is blind part is like, you know, one fifteenth of like all the steps that they go through before they get married. Um, and, uh, and, and I feel like all the rest of that structure is dominant. It's it, it, it like, it becomes overpowering. And I think what we've seen is that like, there's very few couples that can kind of do this speed dating thing, like date, like 10 other people commit to getting married and go through that, of that battery of stuff I just mentioned and make it to the end. Right. Like, I think that just... hanging out with the exes is the worst. Like that feels like active sabotage. Yes. <laughs> and particularly in the Shane and Shayna, basically because Shayna 
it's from season two yeah mexico before because you remember she walks out on kyle and then kyle is still thinking they're engaged i mean it was all just embarrassing but um shana never met shane and i think literally the producers just wanted shane and shana to meet yeah and so they arranged that barbecue at north beach in chicago yeah yeah so uh, so so we we begin our conversation by saying um the hosts of the show uh, Nick and Vanessa Lachey have been very like high minded about like love. Love is blind. It's such a cool like idea. We we want we want to like express love at its most pure form without even having seen each other. And it's all BS. Like for reasons that Joy just descri- you know described. Like the, there are clearly things that they're doing to like make these couples' lives harder. Um, and I don't think the show really escapes from the structure of a conventional reality. Yeah, if TV they show, even wanted you know? anybody to succeed, they would send them to couples yes. therapy once a week, and totally. they would like stretch it to six months. And you know, anyway. So it is primarily a piece of entertainment. It's trash. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So all that said, season three. Let's go, let's get yeah, into it. Now that we've been four we're... hours of trash. Yep. Let's get into it. Okay. So. Uh, there's a couple things that happen, right? There's obviously all the, all the dating that occurs, and then there's the five couples that make it out of the dating. That right? we know of. That we know of. Um, so anything you want to reflect on in terms of the people that were in the pods, the pod squad? You know, um, as you described, it's a pretty bewildering show um in that you don't you understand that people get to know each other through this speed dating that they kind of have some kind of winnowing down that they're allowed to send each other gifts you know to the other person's pod that day and that at the end you either get married or get engaged or move on move out of the process you're off the show that said the one of the weirdest things about the show that i will just never get over is that you do not actually meet anybody who doesn't get engaged they they, they really give you very little airtime like you as the viewer do not meet. there are a handful of people you meet yeah. one of whom is really memorable and i'm sure we'll talk about who um did not get engaged my stomach actually just hurt a little bit thinking about him um but i i really wish we had a chance to get to see some of the missed connections or the things that didn't work out because that feels to me again like if they were trying to tell the story of what it's like to try to connect with somebody and not have it work. You know, I, I, I don't know. That's actually more like sociologically interesting to me. So the edit is just done in such an intense way that you actually, someone is engaged by the end of one episode. Yeah. Uh, they tried something new this season, right? Which is, I don't think that happened in the previous seasons, if I recall correctly. I think, uh, I don't remember how fast, I think Nick and Danielle got engaged first in our timeline, but it implies that two days went by when I think in fact, what we're seeing is like the whole duration of the time, but just from like one couple's perspective. So, um, I, uh, you know, continue to wish I knew more about the other people. You made this comment when we talked about season two as well, that like the missed connections is probably some of the most interesting stuff that the show just leaves on the cutting room floor. 90 to 95% of the footage we see of like the talk, the talking heads and stuff is of people that actually end up getting engaged. You know, there's a little bit of, you know, here and there of people who don't end up making in the show, but I think the show understands we need to get you invest. We, the show needs to get the viewer invested in these people as quickly as possible. So we're only going to show the people that end up making it. Um, and so that's, that's what you end up seeing. Um, let's talk about some of the couples that make it out of this, right? Yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm not rooting hard for any of them. Yeah. I, I, I'm rooting for some of them as individual humans, but like if it's with this person as their partner, maybe, maybe, you know, who cares? Yeah. 
Just hope for their overall happiness. Yeah. So let's uh, let's run down the couples. You have a list here, right? Well, so the first people that get engaged on camera yeah. are Alexa and Brennan. And I felt like they really accelerated this edit to respond to the criticism that they've never had of fat. And I use the word fat because that is the you know term of choice of that community. Um, like a fat contestant actually make it into the engaged couple. So everyone has been like pretty low BMI, traditionally attractive, that's made it um, into the engaged couples and certainly the ones that we have um, followed at least. And I think all the ones we haven't followed too. And it's just been very striking. You know, you bring in a diversity of people, but then people seem to sort of self-sort and you wonder if is love really actually all that blind based on what's going on in the conversations. So um, I wondered if Alexa was... um, so sort of heavily featured for that reason. Yeah, it's it's absolutely bizarre to have a show called Love is Blind, but everyone is conventionally attractive. Um, and I, I do think that, you know, uh, yes, uh, Alexa is plus size, but it's she's still... She's still gorgeous. Yes. So, like, I actually was still offended by the edit. They have, you know, they have a little um, part where the person introduced themselves. And Alexa introduced herself by saying, I mean, I guess I could stand to lose a few pounds. And I'm like, you look great. You literally look like you could be a model. Your hair is incredible. Your skin's incredible. All of these, like, body conscious, like, satiny dresses you wear are actually extremely difficult to pull off. Like, I, you know... I think she looks great. So, yeah. Well, so anyway, it didn't feel that diverse. But it, it, correct. That's what that's what the point I'm making. And, and I didn't like that she was saying bad things about her own body as opposed to feeling comfortable in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this is the only couple this season that I think even a remotely has a chance. B that I'm kind of rooting for. Um, they're the only couple that seems like it's they are made up of even remotely decent people. Um, other than SK, he's kind of cool, but like, um, yeah, they, they, they seem nice together and they, no doubt they will have issues that they need to work on, but like, um, they actually seem, uh, like they could be like a lovely couple so far. So I wish they, we knew more about what bonded them because they got engaged so mm-hmm. quickly. I felt like we literally just didn't have enough linear minutes with them to even yeah. understand how they got there other yeah. than sharing, I guess some of his personal family trauma in the past, but I am interested to see her argumentative Israeli family and his family, like, and see how they get together. Yeah. Okay. Well, that is uh, Alexa and Brennan. Brennan. So that's the the good couple. Okay. Who else makes it out? <laughs> um, Colleen and Matt. Colleen and Matt. So Colleen is the ballerina or the ballet dancer, right? And Matt is the VP of the aerospace company, right? We it, found it very sus that anyone it, could be a VP of an aerospace company, huge fixed cost industry at age 28. Yes. That, and it's, it's, it's pretty hilarious, too, because, you know, in the parlance of reality TV, they show the person's name and then, like, their job. And it's almost always one or two words. It's almost always, like, flight attendant or speech uh, pathologist or, you know, whatever, like therapist or... Um, waitress or whatever, you know, but this guy was VP of aerospace company, right? And so it's like, I bet he insisted that that was there, first of all. And then also, what aerospace company? But anyway. Well, okay. I looked it up on LinkedIn. So. He, he, it's a very small company. Yeah. So, uh, Colleen, this one is pretty rough, right? Like, 
Colleen's interviews were pretty, pretty challenging. Um, there was one, there was one interaction she had with, I think it was Cole where she was like, you know, like I, I usually am like, you know, into like, uh, like shallow relationships. I can be a little bit shallow sometimes. And he's like, he's like, well, I don't want to have a shallow marriage. And she's like, are you calling me shallow? You know? And it's like, <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I think he was trying to say, I want to go deep with someone. Yeah. And she's saying, I usually kind of keep it more fun yeah. and lighter and a little more shallow. I don't think she was saying that she's shallow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think she's saying that it's hard for her to open up to people and he was saying, that's really not going to work for me. Yeah. And that was a reasonable exchange of information. Yeah. But then she kind of heard it as, I think he might have called me shallow. Right. And then she you know, cried about that. And that was one of like two rejections she got. Yeah. And so then it was really hard. I don't know. Like I felt for her because she said like she doesn't get very far with guys because they are interested in the novelty that she's a ballerina and then they kind of don't want to date her after a few dates and they're like there's nothing there and i'm like i think that might be because they have trouble getting to know the real you so then it felt like she needed to go all in on someone yeah and that matt was that someone Mm -hmm. is that how you took it sure yeah didn't she get rejected twice though yeah yeah so, so she was running out of time and she's like, if I get rejected a third time, it's going to be really hard. And I'm like, why you're on a 10 day dating show. Well, you know, I, I, I think this is one of the unfortunate incentives that the show like never acknowledges. Totally. totally. Which is that basically if you make it past the pods, you are basically guaranteed to become an influencer, like in real life, you know, like. Every person who has made it past the pods in seasons one and two and has be- gone on to become a, a character in the show um, has hundreds of thousands of followers across all social platforms. And they can use that to convert that to money. They can become influencers. They can write books. Um, you know, They can use that fame to do other things. Uh, and so the system is designed so that you are trying to get someone to propose to you regardless of whether it's a good idea. right? And... The show never acknowledges this. And in fact, the one person who brought it up last season was by far the most reprehensible person on the show, who is Abhishek, right? Uh, And that is unfortunate because he was spitting truth out, you know, at that point in time. Okay. Yes. And I don't think that's what Colleen is looking for. I mean, maybe. Maybe. You don't know. What I really (laughs) sensed from Colleen was this feeling that she's been rejected at date three or five or whatever over and over again in her dating life. And that's what's happening again in the pods. And that if it happens here, she's going to feel like you're taking away my biggest asset, which is quote unquote, you know, which is I am a dancer and I have a stereotypical, you know, whatever dancer body. And that's attractive to a lot of people. And if even without that, I can't get past date three or five with people, (laughs) then I'm cursed. (laughs) Uh huh. Uh-huh. You know, like I wouldn't personally take it as really like feedback about my quality if I don't mm-hmm. make it to the engaged. St- but you know, they're also apparently, you know, they're being fed no water, lots of alcohol, and possibly no breaks. So maybe they're just broken down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, at least in the edit, it comes across that she's like, Matt, you still seem on the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Matt is the he kind of has like a, a drawl, if I recall. You know, many of the people in the show have a drawl, right? But he's the he's the aerospace guy. He's a guy with a, a lot of facial hair, right? A, a strangely sculpted facial hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, honestly, when they saw each other, I was 
really pleasantly surprised that they seem to be very into each other. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. So uh, I'm not rooting for them necessarily, but they seem like they could make it possibly. They're like 50-50, I would say. You, know? you think 50-50? Maybe 30 percent in favor of 70 percent against you know like they do seem very into each other at this moment um uh but wait till he doesn't like she doesn't know what sashimi is even though she's a big foodie yeah she so. says she's a foodie and she doesn't know what sashimi is so i feel like she might have more secrets yeah <laughs> what is hiding underneath mm-hmm. that whole veneer of like mm-hmm. yeah you know she seems to be what, uh, what else doesn't she know basically you know well she says she's hard to get to know and yeah. often when people are hard to get to know there's a reason they have like some discomfort with you know some reality in their past or a way they see themselves and so you know she's she's not hiding in a terrible way but like she's deflecting something yeah yeah all right so that's the second couple that made it past yeah i have no this is bad i have no interest in whether colleen and matt make it like they could cut them from the show and i sure yeah yeah um sk and raven sk and raven okay this one is definitely doomed 100 there's no way they're gonna make it um and it's primarily because raven seems to have absolutely zero interest in sk whatsoever I think it goes both ways. Oh, really? Okay. Well, there you go. SK seems like a perfectly fine individual. Like, he seems like a cool guy. I'd want to hang out with SK in real life, you know? But Is it because he's a tech person? He's a tech person. He's going to grad school. He's wanting to better himself. Like, he seems like a cool dude. And uh, from the edit, it just seems like Raven has no interest in him. Raven clearly has her own issues she's working out, literally, um, during sessions with people. Um so yeah that I, was rough when she was doing the jumping well, jacks like, Bartise like, was like spilling his guts out and she's like working out and he heard everything yeah and it was like about an incident that created his parents divorce <laughs> if it was me and Bartise's situation I would just stopped it right there I'd have been like hey um this pod date is over I can hear you working out sorry <laughs> but anyway I I have to say this I have to say this out of all the people in my life who I think would do that, you're number one. There's like a set of yoga mats right over here next to this table mm-hmm. where he like paces back and forth when he's like on the phone or like talking, watching TV. So like I could see you being like, no problem. I'm definitely listening. I just got to like burn off some that, ki- kilocalories That's here. something I do when I know someone though, not when I know someone really well, not like in our first three dates or whatever. I think if you didn't think that they knew that you were moving around and then when she got called on it, she kept doing the jumping jacks, but further back in the room, like kind of hope. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh. Anyway. Yes. Well, point being, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, think- I just would have thought you would have more empathy for Raven. Uh, out of all the people, I think she's clearly the one that's staying in the show to stay on the show. Like, oh, interesting. I do think she she could be an influence. Uh, totally. I, I, Raven, I am interested to know what you do in terms of your Pilates practice. <laughs> but yeah, they, there's nothing. I mean, who knows? Like, who knows what's going to happen with the, the two of them? But at this moment, it feels like there's nothing going on. There's no chemistry so there, you, in my opinion. So you're taking it as a lack of chemistry. I have a different mm-hmm. take on it. So I don't know if you recall... But in the parts of the edit that we saw between them, she talked about how he, th- there was a moment where he's like, um, I'm interested in you loving me in your way. Like, I think she's maybe never been really, really in love with someone before. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, it's a process of, like, 
settling into that actual vulnerability and for him as well. And so I actually think that, you know, it's interesting that they haven't like been as physical as the other couples, but in some ways I think there's like a, like they're both, they may both be a little hard to get to know as well. Um, And I wouldn't, I don't think it's as, I think it's probably doomed because they're all doomed, but like, I don't think it's as doomed as you think it is. Okay. All right. We'll see. So that's couple number three, SK and Raven. Couple number four. Let's go to Zenob and Cole. Zenob and Cole. These, these two, it's painful to watch. These How did this even happen? I wouldn't say Cole is the villain of the season, um, but he is by far the most douchey of all the guys. He is the most annoying of all the guys. He's the most annoying. Is he the douchiest? I don't know. Um, Shane was a from last season was a character that came off to me as like actively dangerous. Like I felt like if I was in the room with him and like things turned wrong, like I could end up getting literally like punched in the face. You know, like uh, I would not want to be in the room with Shane yeah. if things went south. Like that. That's how Shane. Like Cole does not strike me as that at all. Um, but he strikes me as like literally someone who I can't even stand, wouldn't even be able to stand being in the room, the same room as yeah. just from annoyance, not from like danger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. Um, and it doesn't feel like there's any there, there, you know, in my opinion. And so, and what is amazing is seeing the conversations between him and Zainab are so painfully awkward. Like we've all been on bad dates before and there's these, the, the dates where you like don't know what to say to the other person at all. There's just no chemistry. There's no doubt. That is what it's like to watch these two interact. Um, there is a significant age gap between the two. I think they're like five or six years apart. Zainab is like much older than him. And uh, I think that like whatever she's looking for definitely is not going to be found with this guy. Unfortunately, she just reads like an adult, you know, she, she comes across as an adult and I'm not saying it's adult to nag people about their towels. Like I think she could work probably (laughs) on being more direct and saying when you leave your towel on the sink, it is therefore in my way. Could you please kindly consider moving the towel instead Mm -hmm. of you're not going to just throw your towel there next time. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is a little needling, you know, Mm -hmm. so I, I sure she, there are things she could do differently. But this is a woman with like a six-step dental care routine. She is responsible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she is ironing her shirts at a tropical getaway. Yes. Cole, Cole probably doesn't even have a bed frame, you know? And I he think... He has a very boy-like, hyperactive quality. And yeah, it, just, it... just on its face, it does not read as in any way compatible, right? So... uh what I'm really curious about with the Cole Zainab thing, what I'm really looking forward to in the same way one is looking forward to seeing a train crash into a car that you see kind of like going to intersect in the distance is... But without anyone getting hurt. Them, Yes, exactly. They're all abandoned. They're running autonomously. Um, is uh, them, her visiting his apartment. <laughs> That's going to be an amazing episode. So it's going to be like when Nick visited Danielle's apartment in season two. It's going like... to—it's it's actually going to be way worse than that because, like, I think Cole's uh, like at least like Danielle probably like gussied it up a little bit. Like Cole's not going to do any of that stuff. There's going to literally going to be a mattress on the floor and like he's eating out of cans. You know, that's kind of what I imagine Cole's apartment's going to be. I just think Cole. <laughs> 
Cole feels to me like a person who would end up in a relationship with someone who does a lot of mothering. And Zena yeah, does but that's not. not seem she does not seem like she wants to do that. that, that that's not fact, a bad. That's not necessarily like a bad thing, right? Like other than it reinforces the patriarchy. But yes, <laughs> if that's what she's looking for, if that's what he's looking for, great. But that like it's literally she's looking for the opposite. I think she's looking for the opposite. So so the idea that she's like convinced herself that this is okay is kind of most of the things that suck about Cole seem to have sucked the whole time right so like it's very hard to understand and again in yeah, the edit, right. it's unclear how did they get to this point is it because they're both a little bit on the bubbly side i don't think she's actually that bubbly i think that's maybe a part of her personality um yeah the, 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 this is the one positive um characteristic about cole is that he never pretends to be something he's not as far as I, like from all the edit stuff there's nothing where i felt like he's misrepresenting himself unlike say a character like shane from last season you know like uh where you think I, shane was misrepresenting himself yeah i don't know sometimes i felt like i felt like i think shake was misrepresenting himself <laughs> okay fair enough fair enough but you know what i'm saying like i it, it, with cole you are getting what you signed up for like there's nothing I, and, yeah, so, there's nothing deceptive about cole that actually the... leads me to this horrible horrible viewer experience where cole has like complaints and worries and i'm like i can totally see that he's like she's like really mean to me and then it makes me feel really deflated and i'm like yeah of course because like i can see it happening and i can understand from your perspective why that would be and i don't want to empathize with cole that's not a place i want to spend my time voluntarily mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. anyway i know and this is what's like i would say one of the great things about the show is you start often you start like forming really specific opinions about people like right away but then as things go and the, like the, the moments that the show is able to capture feel quite authentic, um, you end up changing your allegiances or who you sympathize with or empathize with throughout the course of the season. With Cole, I was like, um, this is not the kind of person I'd ever want to spend time with or even possibly watch. Like every time he was on screen, I was like, Ugh, I, I just couldn't. I was like, I was just please like, I was like, please be cut from the show. But now he is like a tragic figure, you know, as of the end of episode four, where like... Well, I got to give it to him that he hasn't given up so far. Do you know what I mean? He has not been as shallow as I thought he would be. I mean, he had that horrible conversation with her about this conversation is boring. Let's talk about something awesome. Yes. What's your favorite big cat? Um, Like they're eight. (laughs) So... Uh, so this is the thing Cole has gone from being like literally the thing that annoys me the most in the show to I'm watching beholden to this character because of how sad like it's so sad I feel bad for him I feel bad for him now because he's in this extremely challenging situation with this person that clearly does not love him for him and it's like she's clearly looking for something that he is not okay I'll go with that you know, I just and, don't think we know enough in the edit. From, yeah, you know, but, but anyway, th- there is there is no way that Cole and Zainab survive, and if they do, they shouldn't. I'm just going to put that out there. So that's Cole and Zainab. That's couple number four. I I just want to say something. I actually feel really bad for Zainab. I don't know if yes. you remember this, oh, totally. but like she lost both her parents, yes. like at a pretty young age, and it basically sounds like she had to raise herself. Yeah, and had to become. Obviously, like, there's the trauma and the grief of all of that. I think she lost them both within a year. And just the hyper-independence it creates in you, I think, can just make it, in some ways, harder to have relationships because 
you're so used to doing everything on your own. And then if you meet somebody who is not as independent, it can be like confusing. And so I, I mean, I think he is really maybe not used to (laughs) incorporating somebody else in his life. Um, but like, she really, if anything, deserves to have someone who would take care of her or at least offer her support as she needs it. And that doesn't quite feel like Cole um, in terms of, you know, if we shift the camera to her perspective. And so I just, um, I feel for her deeply. I agree. Uh, you know, she's the kind of, per- based on that background, she's the kind of person you can imagine, like, um, maybe ha- getting together with someone much older than her would be, like, helpful to her and someone who can be extremely stable and guide her. But literally the word that comes to mind in my dream match for Zeneb is stable. Yeah. And Cole is like a hyperactive puppy. Like he literally needs puppy training. He literally might not be living in the same apartment next month that he is living in right now. Possibly because he gets evicted. I don't know. I, you know I, no, just, come uh, on. That's okay. not that's fair. Unfair. That's unfair. That, that, that's but, also like income shaming. I don't like that. I, I, no. it's it, uh, Because he, he would like forget to pay yes, rent. Yes, exactly. I'm not, saying he, I'm not saying he's not making enough money. So no more ADHD <laughs> shaming. No. Not, it's not medical. Okay, anyway. All right. But yes, I, it's, it's uh, super tragic. It, it's sad for both of them. And like... There's enough of a glimmer of Cole being a real human under under yeah. all of his annoying personality traits that I agree. Like I don't, I don't need to spend time with you at a party or want to to feel like you're a good person. You know, like I think there's a human under there, and I do feel bad for that human. Yeah. Okay. Final couple. Nancy and Bartiz. Nancy and Bartiz. Um. I'm stressed out and like rubbing my eyes because this means we have to talk about Andrew. Well, first of all, Nancy and Bartise, I think, that, again, I'm not really rooting for either of them, um, but uh, I think they could get to the end just based off of, like, physical chemistry alone. You know, that's not nothing. And they seem like they're both attractive people. They both seem like they're into each other, physically at least. And that could probably get them to the end of this this extremely terrible process. But um, at the end of episode four, there is a very painful conversation where... Uh, Nancy's like, well, I saw all the exes, and I was like, oh, thank God, I'm with you. And he's like, really? I had the opposite reaction, <laughs> which is, geez, that woman is hot, you know. And that was not what Nancy needed to hear, and arguably, it's not what anyone should say under any circumstances. Do you think it was at, at, so? For most of the conversation, I'm like, they're cherry picking the way they show this conversation for drama. Mm-hmm. But then he really, 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 really <laughs> did not land the plane. In a he good way. he really says, "I felt the opposite of that," um, you know, which is, and then starts complimenting how hot Raven is. Yeah, and then never says, "But I'm so happy with you." I'm yeah. with, you know, he never like kind of steers it back to, "Here are the ten reasons I'm happy I'm with you." Yeah. So and in, instead, he makes this sort of weird case of like, because you know, Raven, she's like me. You know, we walk into a room, we get all the attention. She's smoking hot. Yeah, I'm smoking, I'm smoking hot. hot. Like, of course, it makes yeah. sense. <laughs> oh, what, Nancy? You like thrown a bottle at my head? <laughs> Point I was trying to make is Raven's super hot. Um. Yeah, and this to me is a is a maturity thing. I think just like he's he's in, he, you know, this is a concern. She's five years older than him. He's in his mid twenties. 
He's still. She's six years older. Yeah, six yeah. Years and old. they've been plied with a lot of alcohol. Yeah, like and she's and he's and, and he's like still in the like sowing his oats stage of his career, like his life. You don't whatever. know that he decided to be on the show. He claims he's really ready. Well, <laughs> you think he just wanted I, to be an I influencer? Am, no, I'm saying. I think I'm saying I'm using the evidence presented before me to say to say like, you know, I don't think he's done yet um, being in the dating world based on just based on the interviews that he's giving on the on the show. Um, but yeah, I mean, this doesn't seem like it's going great. What do you think? Okay, so this is like it's it's dangerous to take evidence from the edit itself but basically there was a point at which raven knew i think that bartiz was interested in her and nancy and um she was talking to some of the girls in the lounge and saying i am worried about it like it's a threat to me because look at nancy she has this very bubbly personality and pretty much every man would be attracted to that personality and I think it's true that Nancy has like this like cute little squeak giggle and she just like gives you a lot back like verbally. Like I could see that being kind of a high percentage shot. Let me put it that way. So I think um, I don't know how much Nancy and Bartice really genuinely connect versus Nancy's got a generically appealing personality. Mm-hmm. And he was interested. He was actually leaning towards Raven if you remember, but then he started to lean away from her after she did the jumping jacks thing. Yeah, that was the turning point. If she hadn't done the jumping jacks, you know, or whatever, she hadn't done the high impact interval training during his, you know, therapy session, um, the outcome might have been completely different. So, so I look, I actually feel like what she did was not that inherently bad mm-hmm. um, because I don't think she was not listening. Mm-hmm. But I, can understand it would have read to him if she had known he was he could tell she she wouldn't have done it because it would have read as disrespectful mm-hmm. anyway point being mm-hmm. um you know she had she claimed in that discussion with him that she had already also decided that she was leaning in a different way and i kind of believe that's probably true mm-hmm. um and so i just i feel a little bit like nancy and bartice are together like out of not default but that like i'm not sure what the like case for it is and she was between andrew and bartice and andrew proposed yeah and she wasn't quite feeling it and good job nancy good job listening to that spidey (laughs) sense andrew's creepy af Mm -hmm. um but i think in some ways my point is i think nancy and bartice end up together partly out of the frame of reference being other people who you're less into. Yeah, I agree that the show doesn't really give you enough substance to really oh. make your own conclusions. But Oh, here's what I mean by a framing problem. There's actually like this study that people can't identify the monetary value of things. And so they actually will kind of look at other comparable things in their head. So mm-hmm. like if you have a jar of jam for $5, people can't tell if that's a good deal or a bad deal unless you put a different jar of jam that's like bigger next to it with a different price. And then they, so it's mm-hmm. a comparison issue. Mm-hmm. People are inherently comparing all mm-hmm. the time. I think there's a comparison issue on this show where it's like, well, at least Nancy isn't doing jumping jacks while I'm telling her about my trauma. Right. This feels safer. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Andrew real quick. So, that, so that's Nancy and Bartice 
TBD. Uh, pro- probably not going to make it. I don't think anyone will probably make it. Yeah. Maybe Alex and Brennan. Maybe. Yeah. Alex and Brennan have a shot. Yeah. Everyone else, I think, is doomed. Um, but the show does introduce the first Asian male contestant to get pretty far in the process. Um, there was an Asian male last season as well, but like he he, he got like East almost... Asian? East Asian, yeah. He got almost no screen time, as far as I can recall. Because we had South Asian. Yeah, there's... Shake. Yeah, Shake and, and Deep D were South Asian. But anyway. Um, and it really is noticeable due to the just... I'll say it in case people aren't familiar, that there's such a lack of representation of East Asian men, particularly as like romantic leads yeah. or romantic roles in all of our media. Yeah. Uh, but I was really excited that, hey, it's a dude, and he's like pretty attractive, and he dresses nice. Dresses suspiciously nice, as in like it looks very expensive. Like mm-hmm, a lot of work mm-hmm. went into that. And he seems to have absolutely no personality at all. His personality seems to be that he traveled, he went on a safari once. That's his entire personality. Uh, or he has traveled to multiple different countries, and it is painful to watch. It is painful to watch. Um, and also, as you said, creepy AF because he's sharing about, you know, sexual things that aren't even worth mentioning right now, but suffice to say, a lot of sex talk this season. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think this season has been more like graphic in terms of the sex talk than in previous seasons. But anyway, uh, just wanted to acknowledge that a, it's a bummer that this guy is on the show and he's like the only Eastern East East Asian male representation we have on the show thus far. And B, there was this very bizarre scene where he's like putting eye droplets in his eyes and like, uh, and it makes it seem that he's extremely inauthentic. I, I want to say, I read like Vanessa Lachey say like he put the eye drops in his eye because he was, um, he actually had like dry eyes and like the edit made him look horrible. Um, but there's no way they didn't know that, that like they were shiving him with that edit. And so they were intentionally shiving him yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um so whatever whatever the true fact like whatever the actual fact of the matter was, they really um made him look absolutely horrible in, in the edit. Well, and it builds on this sense that I have that he's extremely calculating mm-hmm. and really detached in a way that f- made me feel very uncomfortable. Like, you know, he was talking about like his you know, attempt to manage himself during sex. And, um, you know, it sounded so clinical. And, you know, the way that he talked about travel, you know, it had such a lack of, like, personal warmth. or You know, like, mm-hmm. sometimes your favorite thing when you go travel is, like... um a chance encounter you have with someone or something that reminds you of something from like, it it felt like there was just no beyond the surface with him Mm -hmm. other than like the travel itself was the trophy. Um, and it was a showy, you know, sort of thing, which is to say, Hey, I have the money to do these kinds of trips. Um, and yeah, he was such a tryhard. He, Oh, there was just, um, and what was really painful to me about then the like edit with the tears, um, dropping the, eye drops in his eyes is it kind of harkens back to this stereotype of asian people as duplicitous and not trustworthy yeah and And unfeeling you know yeah and calculating and really just out to take your money or whatever and it you know i was just like i really wanted representation but not like this (laughs) like 
have a do-over, please. At least, at least Natalie like did us okay. I yeah, but you know, East, uh, Asian women are actually not as underrepresented, yes. and they, you know, like a quarter of all interracial marriages in America are Asian woman, white man, mm-hmm. and I do feel like people have problematic and limiting, but partly positive in a romantic dating show context, you know, views about or stereotypes they bring in about Asian women, um, but not so true about Asian men. So we, we really need, we really need a W. Yeah. This was not a W. Yeah. This is the opposite. So, so at the end of the day. Oh, can I say something else? Yeah. Go ahead. I actually was kind of rooting for Bartiz. Yeah. And then he did that thing with the dollar bills and Raven. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know. For me, this is like unforgivable. I don't know if other. I'm, I'm saying it partly because I'm curious what other people think. Raven had felt very uncomfortable mm-hmm. telling him that she does service work, and he was like, "So you're a stripper?" And she's like, "No, I do bottle service and I something else." But based, oh, maybe bartending. But you know, things in which you're exposed to a ton of guys and you dress like yeah. in a way that. As a sex positive person, I don't think there's anything wrong with, but you know, is like going to be considered more quote unquote provocative. Um, and that's part of how you make more money. And he didn't have an issue with it, but then, like, for their date, I think the one where he was like even breaking it off with her, he had all these dollar bills strewn in her space, like she was a stripper, which she said she wasn't. I don't know. I just thought it was actually like kind of demeaning. Mm hmm. I, what did you think? I thought it was crass and in poor taste. I, do, I wouldn't. I didn't think it was unforgivable. I mean, p- p- people do all kinds of weird stuff on the show, you know. Like, yeah. So to me, it was just like, oh, he tried. He, he tried to do something weird and funny, and it didn't go well. So, well, you know. Was, also, there's so much we don't see yeah. that, like, that could have been within the context of their conversations. Like, fine. Yeah, but know? for you, you're like, it's it's unforgivable after this point, and I was not there. It was very. It was a horrible misstep, but like. We've okay. seen awful missteps on the show left and right. So I was like, okay, whatever. Well, maybe you've dragged me back into it's just gross. Um, yeah, sure. But yeah. uh, so great for Nancy. She gets to choose between the guy who did that <laughs> as he breaks up with someone yes. and Andrew. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I will say like this, this has been one of the more joyless seasons of, of the show because all of them just seem really, if not, bad people or uninteresting people or annoying people, certainly people who are ill-suited for each other. Um, and we'll see what happens. But, I, 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 you know, this is one of the problems is like there's very few couples I'm actually rooting or almost no couples that I'm actively rooting for. And I feel like that has not been the case in the past. Well, so. I'll say last season, I was kind of rooting for Nick and Danielle. Yeah. Even though... You could see that, like, the intensity of her anxiety issues at times was really challenging um, for him and probably would be challenging for anybody. Um, and, and Jared and, and Iana, too. Oh, was, for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's so depressing. Yeah. Yes. And so we Iana was so sweet, you know. Yeah. Two couples that got married and then have since gotten divorced or have filed for divorce, yeah. I think, within a year or about, about yeah. the one-year mark. Um, I think, you know, as a person who is married – Marriage is like a kind of work that's very difficult to explain or imagine when you're not married. Mm -hmm. And I actually 
the part I look forward to is hopefully watching people do some of that work because it's really rewarding when you have a breakthrough where, you know, you're in a conflict with someone and you're like, I don't even understand where that's coming from. And then like, you're able to see it from their perspective over time or by them describing it a different way or by talking about it when you've cooled down or whatever. And so I, I wish the show did have couples therapy, you know, and I, I wish, um, or just more support. And that's my best hope remaining for this season is that Zenev and Cole both do the work. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Not them. Alex and Brennan, Alex and Brennan, mm-hmm. or maybe Colleen and Matt. They seem about on the same wave. If you want to see that show, though, I would recommend Couples Therapy, which is a great show on oh, Showtime. That show is great. That's excellent. And that is a way better show than this one. That is um, true. But way less popular. So anyway. All right, folks. Uh, she is at Joy Napping. I am David Chen. This has been a presentation of Decoding TV. Uh, and if you enjoy work like this, then become a paid member at DecodingTV.com, where you'll get ad-free episodes of podcasts such as this one, as well as early access and ex- uh, other exclusive bonuses. Thanks to everyone there that makes this show possible. And find more episodes of this podcast, I think, at DecodingReality.tv. We'll see you later. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. A new year is full of surprises, but one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.